the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Every pitch is your pitch. The greatest show on dirt. Omaha! Omaha! Deep to left field. Way back there. Gone! A grand slam! Omaha wins the college world series. Now, they can add college baseball to their trophy case. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus college baseball version. It is postseason play. It is officially regionals weekend. I'm Colin Wilson. You can find me at underscore Colin one. Joining me as always, Brad Audrain. You can find him at real Brad Audrain. Brad, are you ready to find out if the Razorbacks are just done for the season? Lifeless? Are you ready to see what happens in Stillwater? I can't wait, Colin. You know, it's pretty embarrassing having to travel for the regional and not get to, not get to host one. So I can't wait to see what happens in the in, Stillwater and and everywhere else, frankly, you got 16, 16 tournaments going on right now, and it's it's going to be fun. Yeah, six. In case you're new to college baseball, sixteen mini tournaments start this weekend on Friday. Sixteen regional hosts. We're going to go through them real fast. We're going to give betting uh, advice on every single regional uh, who we like. Brad and I differ on a few of them. We're the same on a few of them, and we've definitely got some underdogs that we think are barking that can win some regionals. Plus, there's going to be some key pitching matchups you want to keep your eyes on. Uh, and look, head over to Action Network HQ. Uh, check out all of our college baseball content. There's a futures piece uh, from Doug Z. There's going to be a full regional piece uh, out by me. And then also, I'm going to have a journal. So every single bet that I make on college baseball, uh, once pitchers are announced, because some of these, you know, some of these managers, they like to keep uh, their hand close to the vest. They don't like to tip who it is they're going to throw. Uh, so I will keep a running journal uh, all weekend about the bets that I am making as pitchers get announced. Uh, so check all that out over at actionnetwork.com. Uh, Brad and I are going to get started. We got 16 regionals to get to, not much time to go. So let's start off with the Knoxville Regional. Of course, Tennessee minus 525 per DraftKings, number one seed. Also joining them, Georgia Tech plus 550. Campbell, 13 to one to win. Alabama State comes in as the four seed, uh, 200 to one odds. And Brad, I'll, I, listen, is there much for us to say here other than, you know, there's there's no way that anybody but Tennessee is coming out of Knoxville? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we just pass right over this one because uh, Knoxville is going to win. I mean, Tennessee is going to win. In Knoxville, That they've got the worst. You know, Tennessee has the easiest strength of schedule <laughs> this weekend uh-huh. uh, of anyone in the country and probably the most talent. So I'd say uh, it's a good time to move on quickly. Yeah, and I think I'll stop here and I'll say, yes, Tennessee is going to win this regional. They're minus 525. That does not have any value whatsoever. If you are going to lay the Volunteers minus 525, you're going to want to hedge that against a, a potential matchup against Campbell on Saturday. Campbell is the one team that, Brad, coming in as a three seed, I wanted to take Campbell to win somewhere. But unfortunately, they ended up in Knoxville. Uh, should really check out their starting pitcher, Thomas Harrington, their ace. He's probably going to pitch on Friday against Georgia Tech to get that win. And then Cade Boxrucker is going to be the one that's left to go up against Tennessee on Saturday. Uh, Campbell, from a pitching perspective, uh, Harrington is just an absolute beast. The rest of the staff is as good as him. So you're going to want to bet on Thomas Harrington for Campbell. And the Camels, unfortunately, they're not going to beat Tennessee, uh, who's probably going to throw Blade Tidwell, Chase Dollander. It really doesn't matter. And, you know, it's sad for Alabama State because they do have an ace pitcher in Breon uh, Pooler, 
who, you know, is pretty good, but this Tennessee offense is just too much. Number one in slugging, number one in home runs per game, and their pitching staff is number one ERA and whip. So we are going to end Knoxville by saying, you know, check out, take Campbell plus 125 at, at DraftKings over uh, Georgia Tech on Friday. Uh, maybe hedge a little bit of your Tennessee bet with uh, Campbell in a live game on Saturday. Uh, and look for overs in this regional. Park factors 1.11. What that means is that Tennessee scored more runs against conference play at home than they did on the road, which may uh, bumps up their park factors, and we'll look for some overs here. Brad, let's move on to Statesboro. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Georgia Southern uh, hosting, but their third on the odds board, plus 235 as a number one seed, hosting at their own home. Notre Dame plus 145. Uh, you know, I don't know how they're not hosting, and Auburn is. Texas Tech plus 230 is the three seed. UNC Greens 16 to 1. Brad, what, what's your thoughts on this? Because Notre Dame's going to have to play Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech was going to, what, they were a two seed, maybe going to host a couple weeks ago. Notre Dame was supposed to host. Now they're a two seed. Like, is Georgia Southern going to get out of this? I think a week ago, Texas Tech was ranked like number five in uh, D1 baseball's poll overall. So, no, Georgia Southern is not going to get out of this. No, the NCAA did not respect Georgia Southern by get, letting them host this. They threw in Notre Dame, who everybody thought should have hosted, and then Texas Tech, who I don't even know how the hell they got into a three seed in the first place. I know very little about UNC Greensboro, but my guess is they're probably a pretty good four seed based on the NCAA uh, torture chamber that they created out there for Georgia Southern. I'm going to roll it with Texas Tech again. I picked them to uh, beat Oklahoma State a few weeks back on the road, and they swept. So I'm rolling with them yet again. I I feel terrible for Georgia Southern truly because I wanted them to be in a regional where I could potentially pick them. I haven't gotten to watch them play yet this season, but they've got some talent. And, I, you know, I, I don't even know what to say, really. I just feel I feel really bad for them. I hope, uh, you know, I wish the best for all the Georgia Southern fans. But I'm rolling with Texas Tech, a tried and true program that's been there before. And I don't, I don't think they're going to be scared by uh, by Georgia Southern and, and their crowd. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, Statesboro, from a Park Factors perspective, 0.91. So unders may be the play here. But I'm going with Notre Dame. And I think I agree with you that we're going to fade Georgia Southern. Now, I think the key to this regional – is that Georgia Southern is going to start off with UNC Greens. And really, you want to know if Georgia Southern is where they're going to throw Ty Fisher. That is their staff uh, ace. And, you know, if they're not going to throw him against UNC Greens, and that's going to go up against Texas Tech, uh, Notre Dame winner. The problem that I have with Georgia Southern and the problem that I have with ace Ty Fisher is that when he went up against tough competition, he absolutely got dominated this year. Uh, he, he had some postseason teams, uh, Texas State, Coastal Carolina, Tennessee, he ended up giving 16 earned runs in those three games against those postseason teams. So I'm not buying Georgia Southern plus 235, even though they got that number one right next to their name as the the host of this regional. I'm going to go with the Notre Dame team. I'm going to go opposite of Brad. Uh, You know, they're going to take on Texas Tech in a game that is properly lined. John Michael Bertrand for Notre Dame is going to go probably against Andrew Morris. Could be Brandon Birdsell. Uh, But I'm going to lean on the fact that Notre Dame has a top 25 ERA and whip as a staff and their 10th and fielding percentage, and they could just keep Texas Tech and, uh, you know, Jace Young from uh, hitting bombs, and they, they should be okay. But I'll go Notre Dame plus 145. Brad's going to go Texas Tech plus 230. Move on to Austin, a team that we didn't think was going to be able to host just a couple weeks ago. 
lost their, 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 one of their ace, their Sunday pitcher that was really the ace of the staff in wit earlier this season. Texas is hosting a regional in Austin, minus 120. Uh, coming in also is number two seed Louisiana Tech at plus 310. A team I love preseason, Dallas Baptist at plus 340. And then Air Force comes in, uh, top 10 in the nation in batting average, top 10 in a lot of hitting categories, 25th in home runs per nine, 12th in slugging. Air Force, 14 to 1 comes in to win this regional. Brad, do you see any way Air Force is beating Texas in the Friday game? Oh, it was just Memorial Day, and I totally support the troops. Soldiers, I, to- I totally support the troops, man, but. No, I do not believe that Air Force has what it takes to win this regional despite Texas's injured starters. Uh, you know, I, I do think that Dallas Baptist, I, I like Louisiana Tech. I don't trust them away from home. If Louisiana Tech was hosting, I think they could win a series. But uh, on the road in Texas, I think it'll be too much for them. Dallas Baptist, however, I'd be more scared of them than I would be Air Force or Louisiana Tech. So if you're trying to take a flyer on this one, roll with Dallas Baptist. Uh, but I've got Texas. I've got the Longhorns. It sickens me to say it, but I'm, I'm rolling with the Longhorns in this one. Yeah, and if I didn't have a future on Dallas Baptist, I would bet them on Friday against Louisiana Tech. Uh, Dallas Baptist, one of the more crazy schedules of this season. They uh, finished with the highest non-conference RPI and strength of schedule thanks to a a six and two record against regional hosts, Southern Miss, Oklahoma State, and Maryland. But then Dallas Baptist couldn't do anything against his own conference. So I, I'm not really sure, you know, how that's going to play out. Uh, you know, their strikeout leaders, Jacob Metter and Bubba Hall, they didn't pitch in the Missouri Valley Conference tournament in those last two games that they uh, got beaten, knocked out. So Dallas Baptist shows up whenever they have to face uh, an RPI top 25 team, and then they don't show up against anybody after that. So Kind of a hard team to figure out. Now, I will say about Texas at minus 120, this number really doesn't have any value because I project uh, Texas to be minus 280 favorites in three consecutive games. And if you parlay that up in a calculator, plus 150 should be the true odds to win this regional. So minus 120, there's not really any value there. I am going to take the Longhorns here. Uh, I think, you know, Dallas Baptist in game one against Louisiana Tech is, is the play I'm going to have. Air Force and Texas must watch on Friday. Air Force's offense, uh, we'll see what they can do. Support the troops. Uh, shout out to Stucky from our college football pod on BBOC. Uh, we always support the troops. All right, so we're going to move on to Greenville, uh, where we have yet another number one seed that is not the favorite in their regional. Uh, East Carolina is plus 225 as the number one seed. Uh, Virginia, uh, plus 100. Coastal Carolina, plus 275. And then Coppin State, I don't think I'm reading this correctly, Brad, 180 to one to win the Greenville regional. Uh, are, are we Coppin state fans this weekend, Brad? I don't feel good about Coppin state's chances. <laughs> um, you know, I can't, I can't say that I've selected any four seeds, but uh, you know, I, in fairness, seeing Coppin state around for years, you know, they made a few NCAA basketball tournaments, but uh, they don't strike fear into you. And I, I do not believe that, that they're going to take it. Yeah, I mean, in college basketball, UMBC won as a 16 seed a couple of years ago, but in college baseball, four seeds just do not win regionals whatsoever. Uh, so we will not be betting Coppin State 180 to one. Uh, I am Coastal Carolina all the way here, Brad. The Chanticleers, I'm going to play them Friday at plus 135. They should be a short favorite with Reed Van Scotter, their, their uh, ace pitcher, even if Michael Knorr, uh, their second pitcher, is going to go up 
against Virginia, uh, against Cavaliers, Brian Gursky or Nate Savino. Uh, the chance should be minus 110. And right now they're listed at plus 135. So, uh, you know, once you get past that, East Carolina and Coastal Carolina, if they meet in the winner's bracket, uh, it should be the chance minus 130 over the Pirates ace, uh, uh, DJ Mayhew. So I don't see East Carolina winning this. Uh, I think Coastal is the clear best team here. And if they get over Virginia on Friday, it's their region. So I'm going Coastal Carolina plus 275. Well, and I've, you know, in, in fairness, Colin, I've, I've actually got Virginia getting over Coastal Carolina in game one. Coastal Carolina running out of pitching. Uh, you know, while Virginia coasts through uh, East Carolina in game two, because, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Blue Bloods just seem to seem to show up under the uh, spotlight. So, yeah, no, I, I've got the Cavaliers in this one. And these two series right here are a little bit ridiculous to me. The fact that we've got a potential Texas without their without their ace stud and Virginia or Coastal Carolina, <laughs> we don't – neither one of us picked the number one seed in East Carolina. So, when you get to the Super Regional, we've got a – we've got a Virginia – potential Virginia, Texas matchup or Dallas Baptist. I mean, whoever, like yet, yet you have some of these series that are just loaded with talent. We'll, we'll move on, but I just want to throw that out there now because it's the NCAA selection committee hose the universe on these two, you know, potential super regional matchups. They know where their bread is buttered. They need four SEC teams and four ACC teams, maybe a Texas and Oregon state up there in Omaha to make this, uh, a moneymaker. Uh, we'll go ahead and move on to an SEC team hosting College Station, Texas A&M plus 110 as the number one seed. TCU plus 180 is the number two seed. There is a humongous backstory behind those two teams. Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cages come in at plus 550. And Oral Roberts, the praying hands of Oral Roberts, plus 750. Brad, you know, there's there's some quality in here. Uh, you know, Texas A&M's got uh, Mika Dallas. Uh, you know, he transferred in. Yeah, Nathan Detmer, uh, they're going to throw one of those guys against the Golden Eagles ace, uh, Legend Smith. Um, I, you know, I, I project the Aggies to be about minus 175 in that pitching matchup, which is well below the Friday opener, what I think is minus 235 on DraftKings right now. Uh, Oral Roberts had one of the worst strength of schedules in the nation, uh, you know, and they were three and seven against RPI top 50 teams. So Oral Roberts is going to be a non-factor in this region. And when you look at TCU and Louisiana Lafayette, I took, you know, TCU to win this game, minus 175. But when you get to the, the winner's bracket game of Texas A&M and TCU, that is going to be a hot commodity because Texas A&M's head coach is in his first year after 17 years at TCU. you have an upset here or are you going to go with the Aggies? Man, I'm rolling with the Aggies because I think that Louisiana Lafayette and TCU are going to have to burn some bullpen and work hard to beat one another while – AM's going to have that stud out of their bullpen ready to roll for five innings if needed. And they have two very good starting pitchers. I mean, AM, their third guy's fine, but their first two, they've been pitching really well. And I, I believe with the bullpen arm that they've got, they're going to they're gonna take this one at home. Man, those cheers, it's obnoxious as all get out. But I, I blasted Texas AM like four or five weeks ago on here. Uh, and they've proven me wrong, and I admit when I was wrong. So uh, Texas A&M, go gig them. 
is this a thing where you're kind of biased against with bomb stadium and duty noble? You just don't want to let Texas A&M's home field advantage kind of seep in here. Are you jealous of what they got going on down there? I, I'm not jealous at all. Their stadium's tiny. Um, it's just those chants, man. It, it always, it always drives me crazy when we play in the Jerry world, they've got all those chants, but in baseball, they have the chance and, and they pack in this tiny stadium. And somehow I think they get, it's probably illegal how close they get to the field because it's just so loud. But uh, <laughs> with, with that few people, I mean, there's like 20 people there and they're so loud. So, no, I'm uh, – like I said, I did not believe that they could win and get to Omaha if they were not hosting. And here they are hosting and they're in a position to be able to host again next week. And, you know, like I said, they, they proved me wrong. So, gig them. Go get them, boys. Uh, I think you guys have it, and hopefully all 35 of their fans show up and are super loud. Brad uh, called uh, Texas A&M at Olsen Field at Bluebell Park. He said they're, it's illegal how close they are, but yet he won't comment on the cowbells going on down at Duty Noble. So uh, noted Brad is a big fan of what's going on down there at College Station. We're both taking Texas A&M plus 110. I will say – you know, that is not the best number. Uh, the real number should be more like plus 250. I project Texas A&M minus 170 against both TCU and Louisiana in the winner's bracket. So the really the best financial advice is I can give you is if you have a sports book that allows a, uh, you know, an open card parlay, you would just want to bet Texas A&M on every game this weekend. Uh, you can also do that by just betting the money line and rolling it over. Uh, that's going to pay you more than this Texas A&M plus 110. So we'll leave that there. We're going to move on to an ACC host. Louisville, but one thing that jumped off the page to me before we get into the seeds, park factors here, 1.26. Louisville scored a ton of runs at home this season. I think that's an indicator that at Jim Patterson Stadium, we're going to get some overs here. So let's go through the seeds. Louisville plus 100 to win their own um, win their own regional. Oregon plus 140. Michigan plus 850. This is not the same Michigan team to play in the College World Series final a couple of years ago. And Southeast Missouri State comes in. At 11 to 1, I almost could make a case that Southeast Missouri State is a better hitting team than Michigan. Uh, but Louisville is going to start off with that. Cardinals, I projected about minus 580 in the opener against the Red Hawks, which means the winner of Oregon, Michigan is going to be the one that takes on Louisville to keep them from winning their uh, region. But Brad, I, I mean, I put all these pitchers up against each other. Jared Poland for Louisville, Tate Cooner for, for Louisville. Uh, put them up against, you know, anybody that Michigan has from Connor O'Halloran to, to Christian Ciafatelli. Uh, uh, it just doesn't match up. I mean, Louisville should be a heavy favorite here. I actually project them to be a little bit better than plus 100. I've got the Cardinals here. What do you got? I'm rolling with the Cardinals as well. Uh, you know, in fairness, I haven't watched a lot of Oregon this year, but Michigan probably shouldn't be in the tournament. And Southeast Missouri is not going to have what it takes to, to win at Louisville. Like you said, they've got the park factor. And they're a good baseball team, man. I watched almost the full series, uh, that Virginia Tech Louisville, Louisville series, and that was two very well well matched up teams. Uh, I believe that Louisville at home, they're going to take this one. And if not, I think Oregon's your only potential, uh, you know, opponent. Uh, the other two seeds are there for fluff. <laughs> Well, we have these other regionals with some really hot three seeds like Campbell and Coastal, but then we've got Michigan, who is in the bottom 50. 293 teams in Division One. Michigan is bottom 50 in Team ERA and Team Whip. Uh, so 
no thanks to any kind of Wolverines uh, talk whatsoever here. Oregon, uh, you know, they have the second uh, highest strength of schedule this season. So, you know, good for them. And they have one of the best defenses from a fielding percentage, but they do not have the offense to hang with Louisville. So we're going to go with the Cardinals. We're going to move on to Gainesville, Florida, a team that I did not think would be hosting, a team that I didn't even think about a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, I didn't think they'd be in the postseason. Um, you know, Hunter Barco uh, suffered an injury that required Tommy John surgery. Uh, he's going to move on to the to, to Major League Baseball. Uh, Florida, at that point in the season, lost five of six against Vanderbilt and Tennessee. Uh, and I thought that at that point, you could just be done with them. You know, Kevin O'Sullivan's our head coach. He won the national championship in 2017. Uh, and they've got two starting pitchers, uh, Brandon Sprout and Brandon Neely. And they have led this pitching staff to, to a rank of, you know, in the top 35 in ERA, uh, top 15 in the nation in whip. I like Florida here. Uh, you know, I, I could argue that the number plus 110 is a little bit high on them. Uh, I've got no love for Oklahoma and Liberty. I do think the Sooners at minus 125 is a correct value. Uh, you know, if Carson Atwood pitches against the Flames, they still incoming. But after that, neither of them have anything left for Florida. Uh, how do you see this one playing out, Brad? Well, I feel that, like you, that Florida should not be hosting. I don't think that they earned it in the regular season. I think all of a sudden the NCAA decided they were going to give value to conference tournament runs for whatever reason. And they didn't even win, you know, like at some point it just, it doesn't matter that much. Like some teams need it, need a couple extra W's to get in the tournament, whatever. Somehow Florida shows up as a number one, you know, I love their coach. I know Florida's, they're a pretty good team. They've got some talent, but uh, they're Gator bait this weekend. We, we're going to roll with Boomer Sooners and Oklahoma has been hot recently. They, they were really hot down the stretch. I can't remember how many they had won coming in the conference tournament, but with Carson Atwood and, and Jake Bennett, they played some good baseball. And after expending that much energy to apparently earn this number one seed, I think Florida is going to flame out. I do not have them making it to a super regional. Yeah, and I'll say this. For those of you that may look at the Friday lines and see that Florida's minus 280 over Central Michigan and think that that's low, it should be lower. I project Florida minus 140 over Central Michigan, and the reason is because the best pitcher in this region is Andrew Taylor from Central Michigan. Uh, he His number is, I think, 117 Ks on the season, 79 innings pitched. I mean, he is an absolute animal. Uh, and you know, he's only allowed 28 earned runs this season, but that's it. That's all central Michigan has. So once Andrew Taylor is out of the mix for the chips, uh, they don't have anything left in the tank. So be cautious of taking Florida on Friday, because if Andrew Taylor decides that he wants to throw nine innings, central Michigan just needs a single run. So or one seeds or one seeds in general, Colin, because when a lot of these three and four seeds, now some of them are really strong teams and programs, but a lot of these three or four seeds that may generally to make it into the tournament are teams that have one stud pitcher. And if that guy has a hell of a game, all that the other team can do is try to get his pitch count up, try to get that guy out of the game and hope to God that he doesn't have some crazy coach. that's going to let him throw 150 pitches because you can't score runs on a, on a great pitcher who's having a great day. You just can't do it. Yeah, and that would be Andrew Taylor from Central Michigan. So be leery of backing Florida in game one. Uh, They obviously have the goods to come back and win the bracket if they were to somehow lose against Central Michigan, who doesn't have much of a bullpen whatsoever. Uh, But Brad's right. Uh, None of these numbers on these one seeds in opening Friday games uh, have value. They're all at least a dollar, a dollar fifty too high 
on the money line. We are going to move to another ACC team, the Blacksburg uh, region, uh, Virginia Tech, minus 155, a huge one, minus 155. Two seed Gonzaga comes in, plus 195. Columbia, 11 to 1 is a three seed. Wright State, 20 to 1 is a four seed. Brad, this is not the Wright State team of last year that was scoring 20 runs per game and gave Tennessee a scare. Uh, I wish it was, but they're not that exciting this year. And frankly, nobody in this region is scary except for Virginia Tech. Gonzaga has some tremendous pitching on their hands. Owen Wild, Gabriel Hughes, but their hitting is atrocious. They're outside the top 240 in home runs per nine, on base, slugging. I don't see it out of anybody here. A sweep of this weekend, I line Virginia Tech at plus 160, so there's not a lot of value in Virginia Tech minus 155, but it is the pick. Yeah, I, I don't think it's really close. They're going to wait and don those awesome uniforms on uh, Saturday when they step up to beat. You know, what's funny is that Gonzaga has Gabriel Hughes, and he's he's an ace, and they've got Owen Wilde, who's all right, but Gonzaga needs to watch out that they don't lose that first game if they wait and use Gabriel Hughes on Saturday because they're going to come in overconfident against Columbia and somehow get knocked off, and, and then Virginia Tech is going to be laughing. But they're not going to have any issues anyways. My guess is they could get to Gabby Hughes at, you know, five, six innings, and then they'll they'll take off down the stretch. So uh, I got I got the Hokies here all the way. But it's a really good point, Brad, that you're – and we go back to this, that these lines on these Friday night – I mean, I know the market hasn't been hit yet. Uh, I, I'm going to try to put in a, through ma- a couple of max bets here and see if I can move the line. But when you mentioned that Owen Wilde could be the one that goes for Gonzaga – he should be minus 170. Right now, Gonzaga is listed at minus 230. It is lined as if Gabriel Hughes is going to be the pitcher on Friday night. There's no reason that Gonzaga would not hold Hughes back and pitch him uh, specifically for Virginia Tech on Saturday. So keep that in mind. You see that Owen Wilde is pitching for Gonzaga. That's going to give Columbia about 70 cents worth of value. So uh, like I said, you can track the plays that I'm going to make on Friday. Go over to Action Network, and you'll see a journal of the plays that I'm going to be making, depending on some of these pitcher announcements. All right, move on to Stanford. Brad, I don't even know if we need to talk about this. Stanford yeah. is out of control at home. Biggest park factors in the nation, 1.58. They scored almost twice as many runs at home in conference play as they did on the road. They absolutely blew people out of the water at Klein Field. Uh, their pitching is even better. Uh, 11th in the nation in staff ERA, 18th in the nation in staff uh, whip. I've got nothing to say about Bingham- Binghamton. I've got, you know, I like Texas State out of the Sun Belt. Uh, and UC Santa Barbara, uh, they can pitch, they can't hit. Uh, Stanford should just, they should be done early, right? I mean, this one should be over with pretty quick. Well, Colin, all I can tell you about Binghamton is in the movie Rounders, they had a game in Binghamton. Uh, that's pretty much all I know about Binghamton. And I know that Stanford is on fire. I know that the NCAA selection committee wants Stanford to move on. So they matched them up with Binghamton and, uh, you, UC Santa Barbara, Texas state is the two seed. I mean, we got Texas tech over on the other side as a three seed in the same division as Notre Dame. Uh, all for poor Georgia Southern. And you got Texas State over here as a two seed. I mean, give me a fucking break. Look, Stanford Stanford is going to take this one, and it's not going to be close. Move on to the next one. And the next one's kind of trash too, but we can move on to 
to College Park, Maryland. I'm not sure if there's a Bing- a longer flight than Binghamton to, to, to SFO and then a drive down to Palo Alto. So, uh, yeah, we're right. taking the Cardinal uh, in the Stanford region. We're going to move on to College Park. I am not a fan of the Big Ten. Uh, we got Wake Forest, not even the one seed, plus 110 in College Park. Maryland, plus 140 uh, as the regional host, not even the favorite. UConn plus 450, and then Long Island, the Sharks at 80 to 1. Sadly, I have no love for them. A strength of schedule that is almost dead last in all of Division One. A fielding percentage for Long Island that is almost dead last in all of Division One. Congrats on getting the postseason, but uh, that's going to be a pretty easy win for Maryland out of game one. Then Wake Forest, I think, doesn't have any issues with UConn whatsoever. Uh, it is a game that I line at minus 110 if Seth Keener is going to go. If Rhett Lauder goes, it could be a little bit greater. Austin Peterson obviously being the staff ace of UConn. Uh, but Wake Forest here, top 10 home runs per nine, top 10 on base and slugging percentage. These bats don't quit. It should be an offensive extravaganza when they get up against the Terrapins. But, Brad, I'm taking Wake Forest plus 110 here. Colin, I'm with you on this one. Uh Maryland is a one seed just so the Big Ten could have a one seed. I think it's kind of what it boiled down to. I don't know why they had to have a one seed. It's kind of like Michigan had to get in the tournament. I know I mistakenly said that Maryland was in the ACC uh, earlier a few weeks back. And, you know, that's because I don't think Maryland matters at baseball right now. (laughs) So I don't believe they deserve to be here. And we are ready to move on to Chapel Hill. Yeah, there's uh, they need those Big Ten eyeballs. They need those Big Ten uh, regionals. Uh, in yeah, there. Uh, TV dollars, no TV doubt about dollars. it. But I mean, even those TVs aren't tuned into college baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well, their fans turn college football off after two o'clock in the afternoon, right? Because all their games. Yeah, agree. Eleven a.m. Yeah, eleven a.m. Fire starters with Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on down to Chapel Hill. Another ACC team in North Carolina, plus 100 as a one seed. Georgia, plus 150. I see some love out there for the Bulldogs. Uh, VCU, plus 550 is the three seed. Hofstra, 30 to one. Absolutely has no chance in Chapel Hill. North Carolina may be the hottest team coming into postseason play. Uh, this is, you know, a, a team that I, I by far have them favored in every single game. Max Carlson, Brandon Schaefer on their pitching staff. As a matter of fact, I've got North Carolina minus 580 lined against Hoster in game one. Uh, I have them as, you know, uh, considerate favorites about minus 170 against Georgia in game two, whether that's Nolan Crisp or Jonathan Cannon. Jonathan Cannon is a force, but you don't know if Georgia's going to throw that against VCU or, you know, if, if they're going to decide to go uh, with Nolan Crisp. So, um, you know, the number just lines out where North Carolina is going to be a heavy favorite in every game. So I, I'm taking them North Carolina plus 100. Yeah, Colin, I'm rolling with North Carolina here as well. What I will say is I think Jonathan Cannon chokes in big games, but the, the guy's a stud. He, he really is. He's he, he has all the tools. He's going to be drafted high. If they're smart, they'll pitch him against UNC. And if he pitches well and shows up in the big game, I do think Georgia has a shot here, but I'm rolling with you. I've picked UNC to get out of their own regional and uh, get past Georgia. But if if Jonathan Cannon can pitch a great game and get through UNC in the second game of that series, I, I do believe that Georgia has enough to carry on and win, and UNC won't beat them twice again. But 
I, I don't think they're going to win game two, so it doesn't matter. Right. right. And so with Georgia, what you're looking for is if you see Jonathan Cannon listed as the starter, then that is consideration that you might want to bet on the Bulldogs. But other than that, this is a staff that is 151st in Team ERA, 141st in Team WHIP. So outside of Jonathan Cannon, you don't have much for Georgia, which means, you know, it's for me, it's the Tar Heels. Even if they were to lose to Jonathan Cannon in Georgia, they're going to come back through the loser's bracket against VCU or Hofstra, uh, probably VCU. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they'll be able to uh, win their own regional uh, and not face Jonathan Cannon again. So uh, definitely both of us are on North Carolina. We like the Tar Heels here. We're going to move on to Whoopig Suey on Highway 412, heading on over to Stillwater. Stillwater is the host, Oklahoma State. Plus 150 in the region is a one seed. Arkansas, two seed, plus 150. Uh, Grand Canyon in this region, plus 350. Missouri State, 12 to 1 coming into this region. We don't know when Justin Campbell is going to pitch for Oklahoma State. We assume he's not going to pitch against Missouri State in the opening game. They'll save him for the winner of Arkansas Grand Canyon. We don't know when Arkansas is going to throw Connor Nolan or when they're going to throw uh, Hagen Smith, we don't know if Arkansas is going to show up because they looked lifeless in Hoover and they looked like they just wanted the season to be over in their last series of the year. Brad, who do you have winning in Stillwater? All right. Well, before I announce my winner, I want to remind the folks at home that I chose OU in Gainesville and I just picked UNC over Georgia, but I got to go Woo Pig Suey here. I, we had Oklahoma State's biggest home series of the season was against Texas Tech, and they choked on applesauce. I do not believe in Oklahoma State, whether it was Arkansas or somebody else. If they had a good two or three seed, I was probably going to roll with them. And I just, you know, at some point, this team either has to get it together or we have to fire our head coach. So, you know, I'm going to pick Arkansas to win this one, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll see Van Horn for another year. But – who knows? Uh, right now, I got to go with Arkansas. Oklahoma State's not going to pitch Justin Campbell against Missouri State. I hope they do. It'd be hilarious, but there's just no way that there's right. no way they're going to make that mistake. And 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 to be honest with you, I hope we pitch Connor Nolan against Grand Canyon because yep. I'd rather see him. Grand Canyon's actually a terrific offense. There's far too much talent in this regional yet again. Yes versus seeing one that's hosted by Maryland and and got Long Island and Connecticut in it and and a couple of these other that we've been looking at. NCAA does yet another disservice to Grand Canyon and Arkansas and Oklahoma State uh, by putting us all together. So uh, Arkansas has got to get through Grand Canyon. That game is not an easy one, but yes, I am going with the Razorbacks. Well, I agree with you that I'm not taking Oklahoma State. It's uh, it's really Justin Campbell. Uh, and then whenever, you know, Victor Meteoros is going to throw is probably, you know, when Oklahoma State can get beat. I'm not too impressed with what they did within the Big 12. And the Big 12 is not as strong as SEC and the ACC. But I'm not going with Arkansas either. Uh, you know, I love my Woo Pig Suey. But to me, it's going to be football season after this weekend because I'm taking Grand Canyon. I'm taking a three seed at plus 350 to win this. And the reason is because they have excellent pitching. Daniel Avila, Nick Holt, two of the best pitchers in the nation. They have a one-two punch. And frankly, listen, Hagen Smith for Arkansas, the lefty freshman, he has his moments. I mean, he has a really high ERA, getting close to five. His FIP is worse than that. You look at Connor Nolan. Brad, you and I talked about this on the podcast before. If you get these teams that can hit 
off-speed pitches, Connor Nolan's going to get torn up completely. I don't believe in Oklahoma State outside of the times when they pitched Justin Campbell. So by default, I'm going to take the best pitching team in this region, which is Grand Canyon, because that's what you're going to have to have when you're going to be playing multiple games on Sunday and maybe a series that extends into Monday. So Brad's going to go Arkansas plus 150. I'm going to fade the Pokes, the regional host. I'm going to fade my Arkansas Razorbacks. I'm going to go Grand Canyon, the Lopes plus 350. All right, we're going to move on to Coral Gables. Uh, This one was a tough one for me. Uh, Miami, Florida is going to host it. Uh, I believe it's Alex Rodriguez Stadium. Uh, I'm not sure. uh, Alex Rodriguez Park, but really it's known as Mark Light Field. Uh, Miami is plus 100 in their own regional coming in the two seed. Ole Miss plus 185 on a heater. Uh, Arizona plus 370. They have kind of fallen apart down the stretch of the Pac-12 play. And then Canisius, 75 to 1. We will throw them out. Their numbers are not even worth mentioning. Miami should roll in game one. Ole Miss and Arizona going on against each other. Uh, we could see Dylan DeLucia going up against Garrett Irvin of Arizona. That is a game that I make Arizona minus 130. I make them the favorite. So I know there's a lot of love out there for the Rebels and the way that they're playing right now, but I think Arizona wins the very first game out of the gate and sends Ole Miss to the loser's bracket. And I, Brad, I think you got a hot take on what Ole Miss could do from the loser's bracket. Well, as you said, Arizona's struggled down the stretch. Um, clearly, the NCAA doesn't like Alex Rodriguez. Maybe it's the steroids. Maybe, you know, who knows, uh, to be honest. But the NCAA threw Ole Miss and Arizona into the bracket here uh, in Coral Gables. And <laughs> yet again, another ridiculous series after seeing one where Michigan is the three seed. Now we've got Ole Miss. Well, Ole Miss was ranked number one. <laughs> for, I don't know, the first three weeks of the season or something. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they should be number one or that they should even be in the top, you know, 10 or 25. But as a three seed, I I think Miami is not the strongest of the one seeds. I think that Arizona is coming in on a down note. And I have chosen Ole Miss Rebels in the three hole, as you did with Grand Canyon in the last series. And, uh, I think that uh, I think the rebels I think the rebels could do it. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to be they're not worried home or or road. You know, they they've been around. They've got some veterans on that team, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 rolling rebels here. So uh, hotty toddy. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, 17th and homers per nine. Uh, you know, 25th and slugging, and this is an Ole Miss team that went up against the best in the nation with a strength of schedule at 25th. And, and I mean, they've got decent pitching for this region. Uh, I don't hate it. I think the big thing is, is that if Arizona is going to beat Ole Miss out of the gate, then I'm going to give Miami the nod uh, simply because that Canisius, that's just an exhibition game. So Miami's going to roll into that winner's bracket on Saturday, completely refreshed and pitching maybe one of the best pitchers in all of college baseball, Carson Palmquist on Saturday, lefty, uh, absolutely going to be a shock to the system for whoever wins Ole Miss or Arizona. Uh, I think Miami is uh, easily sliding into Sunday after they've used Carson Palmquist and Ole Miss is going to have, or Arizona, either of them, they're going to have to pull off some magic to come back here. Uh, that is a tough road. And, and, you know, you give Miami Canisius out of the gate, that allows them to save Carson Palmquist to Saturday. Huge advantage. So Miami plus 100 for me. Let's move on to Hattiesburg where Southern Miss is the number one seed, and they're not even the favorite. They're plus 140, uh, but the leader uh, in this region is LSU plus 100. Kennesaw State comes in as a three seed at, at seven to one odds to win this region. And then, yes, we love the troops, support the troops. 
Uh, Army is 35 to one, uh, bringing the fullback dive in here to Hattiesburg. Uh, so, Brad, you know, this one was a tough one for me. And, you know, the more I looked at the pitching matchups, LSU and, and Southern Miss and Southern Miss, in case you don't know, this team can pitch. This team is number two in the nation, staff ERA, number two in the nation, staff whip. And the, the, the park factors at Hattiesburg play like that. Southern Miss was uh, had a park factor rate of 0.75. They scored may, way more runs on the road than they did at home. Uh, this is a pitcher's park all the way that favors Southern Miss. I lean with them. They don't have the hitting stats that LSU has. And I understand that, you know, go Tigers are going to take over the stadium. But, you know, Southern Miss has the pitching top to bottom, not just their two starters, top to bottom on the entire staff. So I'm going to go Southern Miss plus 140. What you got, Brad? Well, I am banking on an LSU getting in the head of uh, Southern Miss early. I'm taking the Tigers in this series. I'm going to roll with Dylan Cruz and Jacob Berry and the boys. They've got so much talent that I, I don't question Southern Miss's pitching or defense. They're top of the line as far as that goes. But we are talking about a game where you have to score runs, and LSU's got a got a Friday night starter that you can get behind. And in that game where they're, they're they'll pitch him against Southern Miss. Sorry, Army, I do love the wishbone, but not today. I think LSU could get to that pitcher early with a home run that they just probably haven't been probably hadn't been hit on him all season, and and maybe he crumbles a little bit. Now I know they've got a bullpen as well, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take LSU. I think they've I would say great down the stretch, but they they haven't they <laughs> they actually kind of collapse there uh, that old Miss series and you know didn't play some of their best baseball, but I think they're gonna show up to play. The Heat's not gonna get to them. They probably have some guys on their team from Hattiesburg, and uh, I'm rolling with the Tigers here. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad bet. I mean, frankly, LSU and Southern Miss is a coin flip game against each other. I'm simply siding with Southern Miss a plus 140 because I'm going to be able to buy out on the other side uh, once these teams are beating up on each other on Sunday. I think the one thing I would worry about backing LSU is they have a fielding percentage of 239th in the nation. Uh, That can give some extra runs to their opponents, uh, but, you know, like Brad said, highly talented team, top 20 in almost every pitching and hitting metric. Uh, so we'll see. Tigers catch fire. They can beat anybody. Uh, we'll see if that fielding percentage catches up to them. We're going to move on to Auburn, a team that should not be hosting a regional, but for some reason is hosting a regional. Uh, somehow Notre Dame is not. You know, this was one of those ones where UCLA comes in as a two seed. Auburn's plus 150, UCLA plus 225. Florida State as a three seed plus 240 from, you know, from the ACC. Uh, Southeast Louisiana, 12 to one coming in here with one of the best defenses in the nation. Uh, Probably not going to get it done. That's going to give Auburn quite the leg up whenever they get to face Southeast Louisiana, Uh, whether they pitch Mason Barnett or Trace Bright. um, You know, Auburn should be about minus 400 on Friday. Then they're going to move into the winner of UCLA and Florida State. That's a game where I kind of go back and forth. If UCLA pitches Max Rajic, uh, he should be about minus 170. If they pitch Ethan Flanagan, it's going to be less, probably about minus 130. Uh, you know, so check Action Network to see where the bets are going to be on that day. But, you know, Brad, I, I think UCLA is the team that's going to win that. And then when I line up Auburn against UCLA, it came out to about Auburn minus 110 with their pitching staff coming up against UCLA. So in the end, I, you know, I ended up taking UCLA at plus 225. And the reason is because I expect them to beat Florida State 
and I expect them to preserve uh, most of their pitching staff. I don't like what UCLA does at the plate as far as home runs per nine being outside the top 200, outside the top 200 in slugging, but I can't get over what I'm seeing from this pitching staff. Top five in the nation, ERA and whip. Uh, I'm going to go put UCLA plus 225, a big upset. I guess an Auburn team that shouldn't be hosting in the first place. What do you got here, Brad? Well, Lord knows I'll never forgive the O'Bannon brothers or Ty Sedney, <laughs> but I am rolling with the Bruins here as well. Auburn will have no trouble with Southeastern Louisiana, but when they get to UCLA, I know they'll pitch Trace Bright in that game, but their bullpen, despite the announcers that I had to listen to all weekend when we played them, uh, their bullpen is trash. They fold big time under the pressure, yep. and I like the pitching from UCLA more. Now, granted, Auburn has the best hitter, home run hitter in the country. Yes, they'll probably give up a dinger here or there to him. But, uh, no, I'm rolling with the Bruins, and I think they'll move on to see their uh, companion in the Pac-12 in Corvallis in the Super Regional. Yeah, I agree with you. And what's funny is, is I actually, you know, UCLA, if you went to D1, D1's top 25, they have UCLA at 19, and they have Auburn at 25th. So, I mean, to give UCLA plus 225 odds and Auburn plus 150 odds, it just it doesn't make any sense. And Florida State, their fielding percentage is outside the top 150. Uh, their offense struggles. Uh, they're outside the top 150 and on base and slugging. Florida State does not have the pitching that UCLA has. So, uh, both of sure. us are back in the Bruins here. If you're if you're a three seed from the ACC, that's a problem. Yeah, because you know you're loaded with an RPI. You know your RPI is already set no matter what. <laughs> so if you're a three seed from there, there's got to be a reason. And Florida State, like you said, man, all, all their measurables are down this year. You know if you're if you're a good team in the ACC, you're a one seed basically. So Florida right. State, uh, sorry, we can't can't roll with the Seminoles this week. <laughs> Got to go la-la land. I hear you. I hear you. So that's we're going to take the Bruins to come into SEC territory and take one back home. Uh, UCLA plus 225 there. And then our last regional, Brad, all 16. Here we go. Corvallis, a team that you and I could never get a future on because the number moved off 10 to 1. We loved Oregon State all year. They are already up up to minus 140. I parked on the Iowa State line on uh, – Monday and uh, was was betting uh, Oregon State at minus 110. And then again, when it reset at minus 120, uh, they're up to minus 140. This is a number I think is good up to minus 150. So a little bit of value left. Vanderbilt comes all the way over to the West Coast. The Corvallis uh, at plus 185 is the two seed. San Diego plus 450. And then New Mexico State coming in 60 to one odds to win this regional. Brad, I think it's this simple. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt, we can say what we want. You know, sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. Enrique Bradford could go to MLB and probably get a steal off Yadier Molina right now, the way that this guy steals bases for Vanderbilt. But this is not the same Vanderbilt pitching. Uh, you know, I don't know what has happened to little Christian Little. Uh, this staff is nowhere near what it was in previous years. And, you know, Oregon State, what they're going to do is they're going to throw Jacob Matz in game one against New Mexico State, and they're going to save Cooper Jerpy for game two against Vanderbilt. And that is a huge leg up because Vanderbilt's probably going to, you know, have to use one of their pitchers, whether it's going to be, you know, Chris McIlvain or, or Devin Futrell. And none of these pitchers have been that great this season. Uh, I mean, from a staff perspective, their bullpen has been pretty, pretty good. And they've had a lot of games where they've gone Tampa Bay Rays style, two innings apiece from some of these pitchers. But Oregon State absolutely is the more complete team. They are number one in the nation fielding percentage. 
They have what's arguably the best pitcher in the nation that's going to be squared up, queued up on Saturday in Cooper Jerpy. Uh, do you have any love for Vanderbilt here to win this series, or are you going to roll with the Beavs? I think the only factor that Vanderbilt plays here is that Mitch Canham, Canham uh, the coach for Oregon State, probably didn't love seeing Vandy selected uh, as a two seed you know, on selection Sunday but uh, or Monday, but ultimately – He's got nothing to worry about here. Oregon State's going to take this one. Uh, Who gets dibs on wearing the black jerseys? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be Oregon State. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure their coaches will spend 45 minutes on the mound during the game against Vandy. <laughs> Vandy will get frustrated. Uh, the Vandy coach will lose lose his shit. But no, I mean, it's absolutely uh, Oregon State series. Vandy is not the Vandy that we've, you know, seen in the past. Yes, they do have some talent. No, I do not believe that talent is going to get them through a series at Oregon State um, as as the two seed. All right, that's awesome. Brad and I did all 16 regionals to recap. Both of us are taking Oregon State minus 140 in Corvallis. We're taking UCLA plus 225 in the Auburn regional. I am taking Southern Miss plus 140. Brad is taking LSU plus 100 in the Hattiesburg Regional, although we both know it's a coin flip. Uh, I'm going to take Miami plus 100. Brad is going to take Ole Miss at plus 185. Again, a coin flip that's going to last into Sunday. Brad's going to go Woo Pig Suey. He's going to take Arkansas at plus 150 in the Stillwater Regional. I'm going to go with a three seed in Grand Canyon plus 350, uh, a fade of my alma mater, Arkansas. Brad's also. Uh, and then in the Chapel Hill, we're both going North Carolina plus 100. In College Park Regional, we both dislike Maryland uh, at plus 140, uh, a Big Ten member there, and we're taking Wake Forest at plus 110. We are both heavily behind Stanford at minus 155. That number's got uh, legs up to minus 180. And then Virginia Tech minus 155, hosting their own regional in Blacksburg. We're both in on that. And then Florida plus 110 for me uh, in the Gainesville Regional, even though I don't think there's any value on it whatsoever. Brad is siding with Oklahoma uh, as the number two seed at plus 255 going in there. We're both on the Cardinals in Louisville uh, winning their home regional. Texas A&M, Brad does not like their fans, but he is taking their regional plus 110 in College Station. I am taking Coastal Carolina, a three seed, another three seed in the Greenville regional. Brad is siding with Virginia at plus 100, who is a two seed, but actually has the best odds. And then we're both going to side with Texas at minus 120. Look out for Dallas Baptist there. And Notre Dame plus 145. Uh, they're going to be in there with a chip on their shoulder as they roll into Georgia Southern and the Statesboro Regional. And then finally, yes, Tennessee minus 525. The number is completely inflated, but Tennessee is a team that's going to win Knoxville and probably be our pick next week in the Supers. Brad, thanks for joining me. Woo pig suey, right? Hey, man, it was my pleasure, Colin. Thanks again for having me. It's been a fun season and, uh, Looking forward to doing it again for the Supers. All right, Brad, and I will talk to you guys next week from the Supers. Uh, we'll probably have a College World Series podcast in two weeks. I uh, hope you guys get some betting value out of this. Make sure and go over to actionnetwork.com. Check it out. Check out Brad at, at RealBradAudrain. Check me out at, at underscore Colin one And we will catch you guys on the road to Omaha.